Hello faithful listeners and welcome to another episode of State of the Union, your weekly breakdown of all things Scottish independence. I am your all-seeing eye, Stephen Payton. It is Friday the 13th of November 2020. Let's get into it. Kicking things off this week, Alistair Jack, the Secretary of State for Scotland, has not had a good week, actually. So earlier on this week, uh, Jack claimed that another independence referendum wouldn't be likely for 25 years or even 40 years while speaking with the BBC. He was basically asked to define what is a generation in your eyes, Alistair. And he said, is it 25 years or is it 40 years? You tell me, but it's certainly not six years nor 10 years. In other words, they're making it up as they go along. A generation for Alistair Jack and presumably the rest of the Tories is however long it needs to be to not have to deal with the fact that a majority of people in Scotland now support independence. So even despite that majority support, Jack is saying it would be at least 2039 before we have the chance to go back and ask that question again. And the worst part is that later on he actually had to walk back and say that he was joking about it being 40 years, presumably because he realised that I don't know, making the claim that 40 years between getting to vote on constitutional change might have made him look a little bit unreasonable. And it is unreasonable! 25 years is unreasonable. There really isn't that much of a difference between what Alistair Jack is saying and basically Donald Trump refusing to concede the election in the US. Like, yeah, more people voted for Joe Biden, and yeah, a majority of people in Scotland want independence, but uh, that's not really working for me right now, so... mm. The fact as well is, this entire concept of once in a generation needs to get put to bed. I don't care what some politician six years ago, seven years ago, eight years ago promised in terms of once in a generation. I didn't agree to that. And neither did endless number of other people who are involved in the independence movement. One politician saying it should be once in a generation does not mean that collectively the rest of us are are stuck behind that decision going forward. We have every right to continue to call for another independence referendum and we have every right to hold one, particularly when a majority of us are in support of holding a second independence referendum and how do i know this well yeah you know the sound there have been even further polls showing that yes is in the lead yes according to a brand new poll carried out by panel base 56 percent of scots now back independence this is the 14th poll in a row to show support for yes, well ahead of no. There was actually another one earlier this week. A YouGov poll that put yes on 51%, down a little bit from their previous one, but still in a majority position. Now, the Panabase poll actually has some more interesting information in it, as it always does when you dig into the figures. Namely, that 42% of people who voted Labour in 2019 and 28% of those who voted Liberal Democrat back independence now. Again, making the point that independence is no longer just an issue for parties like the SNP and the Scottish Green Party. Scottish Labour are going to have to eventually acknowledge and do something about the fact 
the increasing numbers, almost half support leaving the UK. And perhaps an even worse news to the unionist side, support for independence among people who voted no in 2014 is up to 23%. In other words, we've got a lot of new converts coming over, so welcome to the Yes Movement. Absolutely uh, pull up a chair and make yourself a pot of tea. Actually, no, not tea. We don't drink tea here. This is a coffee-only country, thank you very much. And of course, both polls also revealed that in next year's holded election, it's very likely that the SNP are going to come out on top once again, uh, taking 71 seats, which is up 8 from the last one. The Tories, 25, down 6. Labour, down 5 to 18. The Greens on 9, up 3. And the Lib Dems remaining on 5. But unfortunately, this has been a rough week all round for Alistair, a generation is whatever I need it to be, Jack. Not only does polling consistently show that he cannot just keep pushing independence off forever and ever into the sunset, but he was left looking absolutely embarrassed at Westminster when he didn't come prepared to answer even simple questions during Scottish questions. Yes, the Secretary of State for Scotland, who supposedly is standing up for Scotland, was asked a very simple question on the support being provided to Scottish businesses during the pandemic. It was on the schedule, meaning Jack had absolutely enough time to have prepared a response. It turns out he hadn't bothered. In fact, when asked about it, he just said he didn't bring an answer to the question and sat back down. So tell me something, Alistair Jack. If you can't answer questions that you had ample time to prepare for, and if you don't know what the definition of a generation is, and if you can't stand up for the most basic needs of Scotland, what are you actually doing? Despite what Alistair Jack may say, and despite his claims that it could be 25 years, not really, until another independence referendum, we could actually see one as early as next year. That is according to unionist sources who spoke to the BBC. Yeah, apparently there is a high-risk temptation for some in Whitehall to call the SNP's bluff and essentially hold a surprise second independence referendum in the winter of next year. Because if there is anything that defines the current UK government, it is an absolute love for running into situations completely unprepared. And fridges. Running into fridges. And situations which they are not ready for. But according to these sources, there could be moves to force a vote on the SNP before they're actually ready to move, to use the power of surprise, which of course would be in stark contrast to the last referendum in 2014, where David Cameron functionally gave the Scottish government at that time three years to prepare for it, which was an absolute disaster because everybody had time to actually talk about it. Funny that, can you imagine getting into a referendum having had the chance to actually talk about the things that you're going to vote for? The rest of the UK can maybe learn something from how we did it. Though bizarrely, according to the Scottish Tories this week, giving Scots the opportunity to vote on their future would actually be against democracy. Yeah, that's right. Annie Wells, a Tory MSP for Glasgow, again, representing the Tories who love respecting democracy so much that they're willing to take Scotland out of the European Union despite a majority of people voting here to stay in actually had the gall to claim that Nicola Sturgeon has zero respect for democracy in Scotland. Right then, Annie, if you really believe that, if you genuinely think that Nicola Sturgeon has no respect for democracy in Scotland, I would love to hear your defence of denying an independence referendum to a country that is repeatedly showing in poll after poll after poll that the majority of people here want one. 
Unless Annie Wells' definition of democracy involves voting the Tories into Westminster and then waiting, I don't know, 40 years before they leave again? Actually, I don't think she'd be opposed to that. But then again, I don't think the UK could survive 40 years of the Tories. And I don't just mean like Scotland leaving, I mean this place would be on fire. But honestly though, the absolute cheek of that, of looking at what the Tories are doing and then trying to project that onto your opponents, it honestly feels like the Tories, with, with nowhere else to turn, are trying out the old, I know you are, but what am I, schoolyard taunt. And if they thought things were bad now, let's just wait till next week. Because next week, things are going to get very interesting when the SNP launch a major new document highlighting the shortcomings of the UK government's integrated review of security, defence, development and foreign policy. So this is a report due to be released next week, which is kind of looking at the SNP's approach to issues that are, generally speaking, reserved. So we're talking foreign policy, we're talking uh, what a modern armed forces would look like Hopefully not one involved in too many conflicts overseas. Basically, it's going to be re-evaluating what security and defence mean. And looking at what foreign policy would look like if it actually benefited Scottish interests. And what it would be like to project our values abroad. Something I don't think anybody could argue that the Westminster government is doing right now. Particularly since this report is going to focus on human rights and climate justice. And this is going to be interesting for a couple of reasons. Because... One of the key principles of federalism or the idea of Devo Max is that while well, Scotland would have powers to change functionally almost everything, if it remained part of the UK, foreign policy and defence would stay in the hands of Westminster. And a proper critique of that would functionally kill off what little support there is left for a federal United Kingdom. And I don't think anyone takes it seriously. Not anymore, and certainly not after 2014 when they promised us the absolute planet on a platter and gave us, well, English votes for English laws. But keeping power in the hands of Westminster when it comes to defence and foreign policy, it just doesn't make sense anymore. In fact, I don't think there's really any situation where we'd want power to stay in the hands of Westminster, either abroad or right here in Scotland. I mean, just look... <laughs> Just look at where the UK is right now. We've had an absolute falling out with Europe and our relationship with the United States is about to get very interesting. Like Joe Biden, the president-elect, has previously called Boris Johnson a clone of Donald Trump. A clone of Donald Trump. A guy who locked up kids at the border and separated them from their parents. Some of whom might never actually be reunited with their parents. That's who Joe Biden thinks is running the UK right now, just as we're about to go into trade negotiations. I'm really interested to see how that's going to turn out, and I'm really interested to see how Boris Johnson tries to fix that. But for the rest of us, independence remains realistically the only way forward, and definitely the only way to fix some of those broken bridges that we currently have with the rest of the world because of the absolutely bumbling Westminster government. And the fact is, we can see it. That's why a majority of people in Scotland back it. And it's not even just your normal punter in the street who's saying this. According to another poll, a slightly different one from usual, carried out by the Institute of Directors, says that the majority of business leaders here agree that a new independence referendum is coming. And they also said that Nicola Sturgeon was doing a better job when it came to the coronavirus. But honestly, with Boris Johnson, the bar is so low. 
So it does mean come the next independence referendum, businesses are probably going to be more open to the idea of Scotland leaving the United Kingdom than they might have been the last time round. However, that is something independent supporters will need to be careful with, which really does bring us to the last section of this week's podcast, where I'd like to actually issue a little warning myself. There is a potential trap waiting for us that I really hope for everyone's sake the Scottish government doesn't fall into. And honestly, I don't think they will, but it's worth talking about anyway. The former Conservative Prime Minister, John Major, has put forward a proposal for how we could potentially move forward with a second independence referendum. And his idea is to hold not just one independence referendum, but two. Functionally, the first independence referendum would be what we had before. Um, The Scottish government put forward proposals of what an independent Scotland would look like. We'd all argue with it uh, and put forward our own case, probably. But the point is that everybody would go to the polls with an idea of the independent Scotland that not only they wanted, but it was absolutely achievable. And then, in the event of a yes vote, negotiations would begin between Scotland and the rest of the UK of how that settlement would look when we went our separate ways. And at the end of that process, there would be a third and final referendum, which would basically look at the settlement that had been agreed between the two parties and then vote again on whether or not the people of Scotland actually wanted to go through with it. Major argues that this is something that was absolutely missing from the Brexit referendum. I would argue this is a very different situation in the sense that people voted for Brexit without any concrete idea of what that would look like and Scottish independence voters went to the polls with a strong understanding of what an independent Scotland would look like. But here's the thing, and here's also ultimately the trap that we could potentially fall into. The Tories would have absolutely no reason to negotiate fairly. I'm not even sure they're capable of negotiating fairly. But in this situation, even though the referendum was functionally over, it wouldn't actually be. It would still be a campaign to them. And it would be in their interests to give the worst possible deal. To argue for things that they would never actually want to carry out in the event of Scotland going independent, almost the same as with the pound the last time round. Scotland could have used the pound if it wanted to, and the Tories said no. They couldn't have stopped us, not if we really wanted to go ahead and use that as our currency. That's something we could have done. And in terms of a currency union, that absolutely would have been on the table because it would have been in the interests of the rest of the UK. But they said otherwise. Because what the Tories say beforehand and what they'll do after are two very different things. And this would give Tories the power to say in our negotiation settlement, sure, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. And in exchange, I don't know, Boris Johnson's going to come round to every one of your houses and paint a stupid face in your front door. They would say that. Well, maybe not that, but something to that effect. And when we went back for this additional referendum at the end of all of that, We'd be voting in an agreement that wasn't actually what anybody wanted, certainly wasn't what anybody intended to carry out on, and was functionally just an elongated no campaign that the yes side had no real means of opposing. If we let this means of achieving independence move forward, it is a no vote forever. There is no way to win this. Unless I'm underestimating how petty we can be, and God knows everyone loves to be petty sometimes, so maybe maybe I've got that completely wrong. But the point is, this would be an absolute trap, and it's one we should not fall into. The fact is, we have established the means for holding a second independence referendum. It's the same as the last time round. Yes vote, no vote, 
Do you want Scotland to be an independent country? Everyone understands these terms. They know what they mean. And it is absolutely how we should proceed and not try any trickery like they did back in 1979 with the 40% rule, where people who were dead ended up having their votes counted as being against establishing a Scottish Parliament. No trickery, no tomfoolery. We should have the right to return to the polls once again, especially when a majority of Scots already back that position. But that does bring us to the end of this week's show. With all that said, where does that leave the State of the Union? Falling apart quicker than Boris Johnson's claim this week that the question of independence had already been settled. See you all again next Friday. 